I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. There's a lot of controversy over this one, which is why we're paying attention to it. Feminists in particular have said that this is a film that promotes harm to women. And Martin has more on it right now. Yeah. Christine, the movie is Maniac, and the billboards themselves are pretty gruesome. Moviegoers tonight told me the plot is a man who hated his mother goes out and kills women. Besides the billboard, the picture is also advertising as the movie the L.A. Times wouldn't run ads for. Now, President Eleanor Smeal has its reaction to the Hello, everybody, and welcome to Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. This is your host, Paul, and we are on episode 29. With me, as always, for all 29 episodes and beyond is Marco. What's going on? So so far, so good. What's up, man? Not much, not much. Just getting ready to talk about a couple of crazy movies here. Absolutely. I feel like everything that comes up on the show lately has been kind of demented <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when I was... uh, We need, like, a happy movie. Well, yeah, these two movies here, um, I'm sitting there going, okay, yeah, I remember one of them. I haven't seen the other one. I'm like, I I, I don't remember them being too terribly bad because after we're coming (laughs) off those Korean movies, I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So You know, it's it's almost like these were an an uptick in in mood from (laughs) from those other movies last week. So (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But before we get to the movies, we have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, you may know him from his famous com- comic strip that has been yes. in newspapers and books for years. It was written by Jim Davis. He is known to love lasagna, and he also does not like Mondays. It is Garfield. What's going on, Garfield? Oh, it's going great. Of course you had to pick Monday to record. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I mean, I know it's your worst day, but I did send you, you some lasagna. You yes. did take all of my punchlines of lasagna in Mondays, though. <laughs> That's as much as... That's as much as I know, honestly. <laughs> uh, what, what other Garfield jokes? Uh, Odie is an asshole. Uh, Odie's an asshole. Yes, yeah, Normal is too cute, and I try <laughs> to ship him off to other countries. That's funny. 
No, but in actuality, it is Jason Cretton, who is uh, from Horror Hound Magazine and Horror Hound Radio, the podcast. I'm impressed you got the last name right. Yes, I I read it a few times to make sure that I I try to pronounce uh, it. I've been used to the nickname Cretton. (laughs) Oh, even better. (laughs) Whatever, I'm used to all of it. Yes. Well, I I had heard on your show some some joking about how you sound like Garfield, so I thought that would be a nice touch to introduce you as such. Chad, I have no problem with that. I I told you I I take that proudly now. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a badge of honor. Absolutely. Many many years ago, actually, it started in real life. Uh, I started working with a guy, and literally his second or third day, he randomly yelled across, "Jason, I just realized you sound like Garfield." <laughs> And it was the first time in my life I heard it, and I said, God damn it, he's right. (laughs) I hate mornings. I like them better if they started later. Rats. My owner must still be lolling around in bed. It's hard to find good help these days. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another fun-filled day with your favorite pet. Good morning, morning. Guess I'll get up, wake John, exercise... Unless, of course, that floor is cold. No, no, not the vet. <laughs> and then, ironically enough, when I started the podcast, I, uh, my friend Freddie, who I do the podcast with, said the exact same thing without me provoking him. Right. <laughs> so it must be true but if you hear it twice. The same guy, and of course now I should have this memorized, the guy who does Garfield's voice also did Peter Vakeman's voice in the Ghostbusters cartoon. Oh. So I'm okay with that. Nice. Yeah, that's, oh, not, that's, that's not bad. I know the, some of those voice guys are wizards. You'd be like, he does that one and that one? What? Yep. And then, and then Bill Murray did Garfield. And then the Bill Murray action. went on yeah. to do the live-action Garfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. There we go, full circle. Exactly. exactly. Kind, kind of. It's like an ellipse, I think. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, I, I, I had been a fan of your show for quite a while, and I... Had had just been listening to the podcast. It was actually when I first. I was kind of. I'm always like late to everything, so I got into podcasts like three, four years ago, something like that, and just started searching for horror podcasts because I had friends that were doing one, but they weren't talking about horror, and I'm like, well, I like horror, so. And then I knew of Horror Hound Magazine. I saw a podcast called Horror oh, Hound. I said, I wonder if they're connected. I was about to say, did that come up? So, somehow, some way or another. I mean, who knows how you get on to certain yeah. things. I don't even remember what app I was using at the time or what, but somehow it came up and I just recognized the name and thought maybe it was right. connected. So I started listening and I was like, oh yeah, cool. These guys actually are from Horror Hound Magazine. Yeah. And uh, yeah. then a few times my heart has been broken because it went away for several months <laughs> when you guys got oh, busy doing other those, things. Yeah. <laughs> but it always comes back. Yeah. Somehow. Yes. We'll never let it die. I yeah. mean, what it what started it was a very long time ago when the when Horrorhound magazine first started. Mm-hmm. The original people that did it, Nathan, Aaron, Freddie, and Nathan's wife Jessica, uh, randomly decided to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. God, that had to have been like 2005 or 2006. Okay. And I mean, they did it mostly as just a companion to the magazine, mm-hmm. right. and to just kind of have fun. But I think they only did like six episodes, maybe seven. I don't even know if they're available anymore. Sure. And it disappeared for many, many years. And I'm very good friends with Aaron, who's the, uh, I don't know what his official title is at Horror Hound, some sort of editor, content editor. Okay. 
he's one of the people in charge of the magazine. Mm-hmm. I'm very good friends with him, and he randomly brought it up to me one day about starting a separate podcast. It wasn't even going to be Whorehound. Right. He just wanted to start a horror podcast, and then Nathan, who is the editor of Whorehound, said, if you guys are going to start a podcast, just revive Whorehound Radio. Sure. And it said, that's a win-win, because... Like you said, Whorehound already was an established name, so mm-hmm. didn't have to do a lot, too much work. Yeah, yeah, that does help. Yeah. And it's we're... funny, we talk about, we were kind of talking before we started recording this, how, you know, productions and things like that that go into podcast, and mm-hmm. when we first started it, we tried to be so professional and have notes <laughs> written out, and we're sure, going to yeah. do segments, and, you know, we're going to then go into this segment and that segment, and over right. the years, it really just devolved into let's just talk about whatever as long as yeah, it's horror related right. well, yeah. I, I think a lot of people do that good i i listen to a ton of horror podcasts and i'm always i think it's because of the way that i run this show that i'm trying to always find other people that do horror podcasts to come on and, and be guests and just get multiple multiple perspectives of things from people and just kind of expand our networking a little bit more so yeah i'm always trying to listen to other shows and, I, and some people do that format really well and i I know from our very recent history that we've tried a lot of different things that have just kind of gone the way of the dodo bird for us recently because it's just it's more fun to just get on and just talk about shit and we have well, a little bit of a format but not crazy. I was just about to say this is not this is not to fluff you up just because I'm on you, mm-hmm. but you know I checked out some of your episodes and I said that's the exact type of podcast I love when it comes to horror. Oh, nice, thank you. You nice. know, hanging, two guys hanging out talking about movies, you know. Mm-hmm. When you get too strict, that's when it gets boring. Right, right, right. And I think and a lot of again, people... quite frankly, you know, we tried that on our on Whorehound Radio, where we said, "Sure, yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about new things for twenty minutes, and mm-hmm. at twenty minutes we cut it off yeah. and we go to the next one." And that's there's no fun in that. You know, again, the whole thing is to hang out and have fun and make sure the listeners are having fun too. Yeah, yeah. And I think everyone tries to start out more structured, just because you don't know how to do it at first you know at least your your first time really yep. doing a podcast then you got to develop chemistry and mm-hmm. and yep. get all that stuff kind of down you can't just jump on and start making jokes right oh. away and stuff you know it's you got to kind of build that over time so i mean you that said it you, where yeah. go ahead go ahead no I, I was just gonna say that and you start realizing the amount of work that has to go into it about like getting a soundboard and you know if you want that and and playing commercials and everything it just gets to the point where it's oh, like yeah, man yeah. you're spending way too much time like this like you guys said <laughs> it's it's more about just talking yep. that's what podcasts are not necessarily a radio program but just like a, what, a fly on the wall kind of deal that's what people you know i mean if they listen to a whorehound radio they'll know they can tell mm-hmm. right away but we do next to zero production <laughs> sure. right you know the only production we do is when, like, the mic's cut out by accident. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, it's easy to you know, it, have you guys all there, and it, it is a little easier yeah, to kind I of mean, self-regulate honestly, we as well. all live we all live in the same city. Mm-hmm. We all live, you know, within 20 minutes of each other. Right. So it's real simple and real easy, and it just worked mm-hmm. out perfectly. Sure. So... How did you actually get into writing for the magazine? Did, did you write anywhere before? You obviously um, sure you did some other writing before that, but... Uh, absolutely not. Okay. It was perfect. <laughs> purely random in that, again, I was very good friends with Aaron. Mm-hmm. And through that, I became very good friends with Nathan. 
and you know through that became friends with a bunch of people from horror hound and after a few years of that uh they literally randomly sent me a text message that said hey when are you going to start writing for us nice <laughs> and i That's said cool. whenever they, whenever you want nice and lucky enough it it has continued for god what is this 2019 god that was mm -hmm. eight nine years ago yeah and no, luckily they keep asking me to come back yeah there you go no is that do, do you have stuff that comes out in like every every uh, issue of the magazine oh, or no no uh okay. it's more just whenever they need something because again i i'm not a professional writer sure sure and like i just said i i was not writing before this mm -hmm. and you know all credit to the editors of Horrorhound because without that I probably wouldn't have gotten past one article. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's again if they know if they need something comic book related, who to go to. Right. Sure. Or just, you know, again being good friends with them, they know my taste, you know, cannibals, Italian gore movies. Right. Things like that. So you're gonna be the go to guy for when Brightburn comes out? Uh yeah. Yeah, that movie was that. awesome. Yeah, it exactly. Does. Yep. Yep. The best thing I ever got to do was uh, was the Hellboy issue, which now was probably oh. like two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. Probably about two years ago. And Nathan goes to San Diego Comic Con every year mm -hmm. uh, for press, and he literally walked up to Mike Mignola's table, oh. said there was literally no one sitting there, no one in line. He walked <laughs> right up and said like, "Hey, uh, you know, like I'm Nathan with Horrorhound Magazine." Uh, you interested in talking? And uh -huh. Mike Nola said, yep. And he gave me his email and it went from there. Wow, that's and awesome. That was a, that was a try to contain your fanboy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, as writing him emails saying, like, trying not to come across too much. Like, <laughs> I am a big <laughs> fan, but. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had gotten to interview any other cool people or just interesting people you know, or maybe maybe something that was a surprise to you people get somewhat shocked by this but i one of my number one fear is public speaking okay mm -hmm. and actually when aaron first asked me to do a podcast i was like are you out of your mind right <laughs> like it's not public man it's in the it, basement it's, and that's right. exactly what we were just talking before we recorded this how it was okay like i'm gonna go on and i'm gonna try to you know, be super professional and try to be witty and funny. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and listened to that first episode. And actually, the very first episode we ever did, thank God, did not did not re did not get released. <laughs> nice. But the one that did, I was like, oh, that is horrible. Uh -huh. So when it comes to interviews, I honestly still kind of try to avoid them. Sure, right. sure. That oh, and also because we were just talking again. When it comes to being a fan. I love horror movies. I love comic books so much. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for me to contain my inner fan yeah. when it comes to that. You know, sure. hundred uh, percent. When we have somebody on that, uh, we just kind of like gush over their movies and everything. And, and uh, it's like, I don't really have questions. I have comments. I have more of a yeah, comment. Exactly. That's a perfect you know way I mean? of saying it. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, I have nothing to really ask you. I just want to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I like it to have a discussion about certain choices they made or something like that that just really got to me and why I liked it. Um, but it, I come off rude, like I said, I come off like a fanboy. And that's <laughs> yep. just because I'm, I'm a fan. I can't help it, you know. And if some so, particular tidbit comes out of it, then cool, yep. <laughs> you know. So I actually, I mean, early on with Horror Hound, I kind of established that. 
only because I said, like, I don't want to mess something up for you guys. Sure. So, I mean, like, Mike Mignola was obviously incredible. I got to talk to Brian Palato, Palato, who did Evil Ernie comics. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And that was, like, one of my earliest, like, as a teenager, because, you know, Evil Ernie was all about gore and violence. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that was a really big deal to me. I mean, honestly, it's, again, just what we were saying, I was talking to him and I had to say, like, you know, I have a smiley button I still wear on my leather jacket after 20 years. (laughs) And then right when I say it, it's like, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, because you're like, in the back of your head, it's like, I'm sure everybody said this to him. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I get it. But it's still like what you just said, Marco, where it's like, I at least had to tell him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, of course. You know, like a uh, uh, real quick uh, uh, story. Um, I did. I met John Carpenter through one of those convention oh, lines. Nice. You know, and I'm sitting there, and we're and I had a friend with my with me, and we were arguing in line about the last mo- last song, in Christine. What was the song? What was Christine playing when she was getting crushed and stuff, or like when she came on after she got crushed? And so That's we're sitting there going or trivia. Yeah, so we're like, just, we're debating, no, it's this, no, it's that. And so we walked up to John Carpenter, and we're like, yeah, cool. Uh, what was the song in the last song? You know, we just kind of asked him, like, and he's all, I don't before, know. <laughs> before I was ever, like, officially associated with Horrorhound, I used to go to the conventions Yeah. and just, like, be a fan. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my wife and I got to meet Malcolm McDowell as a fan, and... Right. That was kind of a funny situation because she is a huge Malcolm McDowell fan. Oh, yeah. And she always talks about how, you know, as a young teenager, she watched A Clockwork Orange and she actually had a crush on him. <laughs> right. And so yeah. I said, like, we, you know, he was at a very early horror. God, this was 2009 or something. And I said, like, I'm going to go up to him and I'm going to mess with her. I'm right. going to, like, try to, like, engage him in conversation to kind of, like, impress her. <laughs> and I started, but then all of a sudden I realize I'm talking to Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> right. right. And like, you know, the brakes get slammed. And I'm just like, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm a big fan, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it, oh, ironically, him. it turns out he was one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Yeah, in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've watched a bunch I'm of sure. his stuff like behind the scenes and what and how like you know he plays a lot of serious roles all the time and very yep. straight faced and but he's a goofball like in oh, real absolutely. life like, like he likes <laughs> to have fun uh, conversate you know and and that just kind you of breaks could tell, just, yeah you could tell when I was doing that that he experienced that constantly yeah then yeah. after a while he kind of broke down the walls and we ended up talking to him the next day too because he pulled us aside he remembered us nice nice yeah we we've we've interviewed some people on the show but it's mostly all like modern independent film people we haven't really reached out to any mm-hmm. any legend type people or anything but uh you know more of the, the modern independent directors and stuff i was gonna say admittedly that it's one thing that whorehound radio really slacks on it it's pretty much i'll, I'll take all the blame for it because <laughs> we have some pretty huge connections that we never use sure and mostly it's because of you know just time unfortunately kind of Mm -hmm. what we were saying the podcast started as a companion to the magazine right so right now over the years horror hound has become mostly known for the convention Mm -hmm. yeah that's what a lot of people 
do know yeah, it for. Then the magazine and, you know, and further down even would be the podcast. Mm-hmm. So right. it just doesn't right. take, yeah, it just doesn't take, you know, precedence over other stuff. So that's Absolutely. why there are long breaks, you know. Just last mm-hmm. week we were going to record and I said, I, I got to work on this article. I'm, you know. Right. Yo, Nathan and Aaron are busy with the convention. It's coming up in actually this week. Yes, yeah, I saw it soon. I, I have to come down because I'm not super far away from that area. Like, I live in Buffalo, so it's Oh, I got it's, very it's good drivable. friends that live in Buffalo that come, that come down every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a friend that's in Columbus that went to one or two. Um, I, I definitely have friends that are all around the Tennessee area and stuff that are all part of our, our podcasting network and stuff, mm-hmm. so... That would be uh, a cool time to come meet up in that that general vicinity isn't oh, it's, super far from me so it's funny how that evolves do you do either of you go to conventions i've yeah, gone I used, a couple times but yeah, yeah not not in the last couple years but i did go so there's one it's kind of grown in, in niagara falls ontario which i'm i'm super close to the border too so i've gone to that one a few times mm. and there's one in uh, in Hamilton, Ontario, which is about an hour north of the border. And I went to that a few times. And then the ones in Buffalo, it's kind of small, but it's grown a little bit. Like I went a few years ago and I met, um, I always mix up the initials of his name, but the guy that played Leatherface in part three, mm-hmm. R.I. Oh, man, you're, yeah. I think you put name? me on the spot. I won't be able to pull that one out. I think it's I no, think no. it's R R I Mayloff or something. Myloff is his name. I think that that's he was right. in Hatchet Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah Actually, I, I love. Yeah, he was in Hatchet Two. Yeah, yeah, that dude. I'm one of the people that thoroughly defended Leatherface. Yeah, I like the third one. At least one I love the third one. Yeah, it's kind of the mix of funny and serious. It's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's a well, conglomeration was, of the first two. Yeah, that's when it got into like the pure uh, stalking. Uh, slasher kind of movie. 100%. Right. Yeah. But no, I used to go. Yeah, that came out when I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm out here in California, so we don't, quite honestly, we don't get other than the Fangoria magazine or the uh, conventions when they were doing them. I don't think they're doing them anymore, but. uh, No, but I wouldn't be shocked if they start them up again. Yeah. It it was like a third party company that was putting the Fango conventions on or something like that. But uh, yeah, I used to go to every time they hit LA or Burbank or. Uh, right. Fresno is to well, hit those up. I ask because it's funny again how that evolves. When I say my wife and I started going to Whorehound as mm-hmm. fans, you know, over ten years ago now. Right. And now, it, you know, that first one we ever went to, I literally dropped so much money just going down oh, the yeah. celebrity line. Oh yeah. And yeah. now, now it's evolved to where if I get to talk to a celebrity, that's cool. But yeah. mostly, mm-hmm. they're just to catch up with friends. Yep. yep. Oh yeah, you you can go crazy with that shit too. Oh yeah, trust and me. Then you I start, know. start buying art prints and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh man, this guy's I, art is badass. Oh shit! I like was going through my basement. I was like, I have a stack of celebrity eight by tens. Yeah. <laughs> that I was yeah. like, I don't know what the hell I'm ever gonna do with these. Yeah, I know, and those are the worst too because it's it's like <laughs> it's not really that artistic. It's just like a photograph. Yeah. Right. At least if it's on a poster or something, you're like, yep. that's kind of badass. It's a poster. And then I went to getting DVDs signed, mm-hmm. and then I was like, then I realized, like, well, now I'm stuck with this damn DVD forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I know. I just met uh, Tom Atkins at at a oh. very a very small local one. It was actually dead in the. It was the first day of the show, and I knew the guy that was putting it on, so I just went and hung out. And it was pretty dead, so I actually stood 
and talked to Tom Atkins for like 45 minutes. Yep, just had a conversation about his, his family and, and mm-hmm. what he was working on now and how he met John Carpenter and all kinds of shit that we talked about. So, Well, that's right. funny because the first convention that I, you know, I used the word, like, quote, started working for, mm-hmm. you know, that was more me saying, like, if you guys need me to do something, I will. And I got to, like, interact with Tom Atkins for, like, two days, and he was just one of the coolest people in the world. Yeah, and, yeah. That was the time where I just had to push the fanboy down. Yeah, right, right. 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 Because, uh, you know, geez. Horror Hound's gotten huge. You know, they're getting these huge names, you know, mm-hmm. Christina Ricci and all that. But it's like, give me Tom Atkins any day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and he's just a regular dude, you know. It's like. Oh, man, he's so great. You know? Yeah, he is a good guy. That was, that was fun. I enjoyed that I got to kind of hang out. I, I felt bad because it was a dead day and he wasn't really selling shit but right. at the same time i was grateful that i got to have that long conversation yeah. i at least paid for him to sign but my blue you know, the, my blu-ray so the great part about that is what you're saying is you know if he was even a, a slow or dead convention he still took his time to interact with you yeah, yeah. yep absolutely and the, the the one guy who i did meet at so the niagara falls one is like a mixed they have like a horror section and then a regular section, I think is how a lot of them are doing mm-hmm. it now. And they actually had Tom Savini at the one there. Mm-hmm. That They had Tom Savini and uh, and Ted White. So I got to oh, meet both of them and have them sign my, my Jason replica mask. That's funny because, you know, knowing some stuff about conventions like I do now, they're, uh, Tom Savini has a reputation of right. being like a jerk. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, Anytime I've interacted with him, he is so far from a jerk. Yeah, I didn't get yeah. that from him. It, uh, it oh, these people, with me. people online share these horrible stories. Yeah, I've heard some stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny. Nathan told the story once. I think it was on our podcast that he was hanging out with Tom Savini, like in his hotel room, mm-hmm. with Brian O'Halloran of all people. <laughs> nice. And it somehow came up that people online have been saying Tom Savini was a jerk, and Tom Savini got like. What? Yeah. People think I'm yeah. a jerk? And uh, they actually they pulled up comments, and Tom Savini was like, was like "That's not the, the way that interaction happened at all." Like, oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> People are probably he's just mad at him. Guy. He's great. They're just mad at him because he called Ken Forey Chocolate Man in, in Dawn of the Dead. So oh. <laughs> they're trying to take him down now. That's something we don't talk about, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, oh, that's my that's my all-time favorite movie, and that's like the one time it's like, ooh, is it? Yeah. I mean, at least he's at least he said that, and not things that could have been. No, much sure, worse. sure, he could have said something much worse. Yes, it could have escalated. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, Tom Savini was, re- I was related to him by marriage. Uh, his brother had married my aunt, and my cousin used to work for him. Mm-hmm. And I used oh, to, as gr- yeah, growing up, I used to email him all the time. Like I wanted, because I was, I told Paul this before. I, I've always wanted to be special makeup artist. Uh, that's what I mm-hmm. wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I used to email him all the time. How do I do this and how do I do that? And he was just, I mean, plainly like, just do it. Like go to the right. Halloween yeah. store, buy makeup, and do it. You know. Sure, sure. So, yeah. So speaking of Tom Savini, yeah, uh, we didn't even hey, actually. Perfect. We didn't even mention the movies through that whole twenty-year minutes or so of talking. But no, I guess no, if anyone downloaded it, maybe maybe they might see the title. I don't know what the title of the episode is going to be. Right. But we are going to be talking about Maniac and Maniac. That was so, a perfect transition. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we are going to start with Maniac from 1980. 
mm-hmm. starring a cameo from our boy Tom Savini, getting his head blown up like a watermelon. Oh, probably one of the best scenes <laughs> I've seen in a long time. Oh, no uh, pun intended. You put a gun to my head, I'll say that's the best one ever. Right. Yes. So let's start with the the typical IMDb synopsis here, which reads, A psychotic man, troubled by his childhood abuse, loose in New York City, kills young women and takes their scalps as his trophies. Will he find the perfect woman in, woman in a photographer and end his killing spree? Question mark, question mark. Yeah. Can I say spoiler alert? No. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as people who have listened to the show know that we do spoil things, but... Yeah, these these oh, movies. Oh, sorry. Were... I guess I should have. No, no, it's it's, that it's more ahead of time. Oh, it's no, already this, been. This... I mean, unless this is the first episode someone listens to, and they're like, "You asshole! You spoiled the movie from 1980." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 39 years old. Here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Statue of limitations <laughs> here. I think it's. I think we're good. I think yes. We're good. I say one... this on. I say this on our podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to a horror podcast and you've not seen the original Maniac, mm-hmm. pause yeah. the show and go watch it. That's yeah, it. For sure. That's it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think if you really want to see a movie without knowing anything about it, you shouldn't. Even if someone's like, we're not going to spoil it, you know they're going to give shit away. Mm-hmm. Regardless yeah, of whether they quote unquote spoil right. it. So just go watch it. Which, funny enough, uh, you know how I discovered Maniac? How's that? The first time I ever saw it, I was at a VHS rental store. Yes, that's how long ago it was. <laughs> uh-huh. And yep. it didn't have the cover art. It was just oh. a black VHS that just said Maniac on it in the horror section. Okay. And I said, well, naturally, I have to get this. Yes. Yeah. And I, that was, again, obviously pre-internet. I knew absolutely nothing about this movie. Yeah. And yeah. right when it started, it was, oh, yeah. okay, I'm hooked. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what everybody well you know the net the new generations miss is the as those blind rentals just blind mm-hmm. just watch it yeah. you know, like you said you know yeah we had right now the cover of you know the decapitated woman i probably why sure. they had just a black uh, uh thing on there but i was still oh rented. no it was just missing someone stole the box art i should have oh okay i got it. i thought it was like <laughs> which, censored back then which, which makes was... sense make, makes sense also Yes. Yeah. You understand yeah. why so, someone would stole that? It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Hell yeah! I, like I said, I would have rented it just on that merit alone, mm-hmm. um, because I used to blindly go in there, grab a uh, uh, any you know, go in the horror section, blindly grab a movie. Mom, I sure. want this. Okay, fine. Yep. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. Like, aren't parents great from back then? Uh, <laughs> and, um, absolutely. Like it really wasn't a problem, you know, and we turned out just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Forty years you know? later, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sure. Sure. Right there. Well, it's fine. funny. It's funny you bring that up because you know, again, I talk about this, and I just realized that most of the time with the VHS movies, it was all based on cover art, mm-hmm. like yes, you said. It was. As you yep. got a trailer before another movie that you saw before. Yeah. Whereas this, being just a VHS sitting on a on a shelf that said Maniac, was the polar opposite for me. Yeah. 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 Sure, sure. Now, um, you you had seen this one quite a ways back, and I had actually only saw this for the first time a few years ago. Like mm-hmm. when I, it was one of those things when I started getting into horror podcasts like yours, and then people say stuff like, "If you're listening to this and you haven't seen the Maniac, then stop listening and go watch <laughs> yep, the Maniac." Right, right. And I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, Put yeah. that on the watch list. Go watch the Maniac. Come back and listen later. Okay. Yeah. So Holy yeah, I had shit. not seen this until more recently, and. It's um it's it's cool because 
it feels like a modern version of an exploitation movie. Like the way that they would make mm-hmm. a movie mm-hmm. now to look old is like the way that this movie feels. Mm-hmm. And the, right. the it's it's shot with more of like a modern sensibility and the way that it it moves and the way that it tells the story and stuff. It it feels very of this time almost, but obviously it looks much older. But then mm-hmm. yeah, but then not because you watch it and you know Obviously, I'm not old enough to have experienced Grindhouse. Sure, but sure. It is almost like the definition of you know dirty, gritty Grindhouse movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's real. It, like these kind of movies, especially in the '80s and the '70s, it was a, a texture to the movies that it was real. Like you're, this is not a movie being shot. This is almost like yes. we're following yep. you know real it life like stuff, especially. Movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like when they do this whole Streets of New York thing and, and the, the real people that are in it, these aren't like, uh, uh, you know, Hollywood. I mean, they are Hollywood actors, but it's not this, um, you know, staple that we that we have that we see now where it's all cover right. models and, and abs and stuff. This is like real people, yeah, you know, yeah. even the secondary characters like the, like the hotel guy that his the way mm-hmm. he was talking. And it, it was just like, right. There's just something about it that is just so real to it. And and magical i guess yeah and i i don't you know ever bash modern horror i love horror mm-hmm. movies you know yes. modern included but nowadays like you just said that minor character of the hotel manager would feel so forced and acted yeah yeah Where back then you can tell you know william lustig got this guy from working at a hotel <laughs> right yeah yeah not yeah. not as much in like independent movies i feel like yeah. they still because they just hire whoever. It's like, hey, my friend well, Joe needs right. a job, so sure, right? You want to sit at the desk or for but, free? But yeah, in, yeah. in the the bigger movie world, for sure, you would feel like, why is this guy the most handsome desk clerk of all time? Exactly. You just lose some of that real life stuff that you go out there and the real people and you interact with people, and mm-hmm. this is what we see. You know, mm-hmm. um, this is like a, a movie that feels like it could fit in that like if there was like a shared universe with like taxi driver yeah yes yeah and it, when people Which always talk is, about how actually, the, uh, Joe oh, Spino was in taxi driver also ironically oh there you go <laughs> I, yeah. I, people always say how the like the streets and, and New York feels like dirty and grimy in this movie and I almost feel like it's it's funny because watching it a couple times now in comparison to him and like what he lives in I'm like, no, the rest of these people actually seem pretty nice. Like, the, it's like yeah, he, no, he's right. just the dirty and scumbag yeah, he's the dirty one. one right? Everything well, else is it, nice. It's just what. Not to sound like that, but maybe because he dominates this movie so much that he sure, makes sure. the movie feel that way. Yes. Well, yeah, he's he's like the pig pen, and just the cloud of dirt follows him around. Yeah, you know, from Charlie yeah, or in his case, be like a, a cloud of grease or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just a smelly sweaty like like steamy cloud around him <laughs> yeah, yeah and like, I, and it got, I guess that goes to another point of it where the movie looks so good you can smell it in a way yes, yeah, i was know? actually <laughs> just going to say that like oh, yeah, okay, you can okay, almost cool. smell the movie yeah yeah, yeah. i agree and it, a lot of it is um th- like from from this time i feel like a lot of the movies when they have these kills they're kind of quick it's like the stab in the gut and then oh and then they fall right. over and they're dead or <laughs> <laughs> and and the a lot of the kills in this movie are just long and slow. I mean yeah, the yeah, very torturous. the very first yeah. one where he's choking the the prostitute oh. in oh, the hotel God. room. Yeah. And it's like three minutes of her strangling. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I was questioning it's that not, it's not a comfortable she... scene, especially no, when no. you know what's coming. You know. Mm -hmm. Although she was able to scream while he was choking her, so I'm like, he must yeah, be doing I, you it know, wrong. I watched this movie again just the other day, and I thought the same exact thing. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah, and you know what I didn't catch I didn't... before when I, because I had only seen this like once before, and then just I watched it two times before doing the show. Is when like when it flips back and forth, and it switches to his mom's face from the prostitute's face, and then to his mom's face, and then, mm -hmm. and I didn't catch that on my first watch. I think because I was just like, oh my god, could I? I probably was looking away because I didn't want to watch him keep strangling her. Sure. Uh -oh. so, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm like, oh, you got to see. Well, yeah, watch you this. just you just made a good point that I've talked about numerous times. Is you know, slasher movies, especially well, these slasher movies of the '80s, are mm -hmm. my all-time favorite subgenre of horror. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, those movies, becoming a fan of them, are so easy. You know, to cheer for the killer. Yeah. Right. And like you said, oh, Jason comes out and, you know, smacks the guy in the wheelchair with a machete in the face. And, you <laughs> know, that's it. that. Or he splits a throat and that's that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I love this movie because it's, it's one of my favorite slashers. But it is also like, this doesn't feel like a normal slasher. Like oh, yeah, said, yeah. They, they linger mm -hmm. and they draw it out to where it's like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. now I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Well, yeah. even, in, even in that same one, after she gets choked to death, then he also cuts her scalp off, and it's all just a practical yeah. watching the scalp get pulled off. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, and he struggles yeah. with it like, like you know, oh, you would think God, it, yeah. it would. It was, it's not just an easy little, you know, cut and pull and stuff. And Well, that, that one um, came off pretty easy, but we'll talk about some pretty simple yeah. ones later. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I love the... This the, with this one because they kind of show like little bits of the stuff from his mom and and mm -hmm. they hint at it a few mm -hmm. times yeah, yeah. and it you're like okay well it's it's kind of you're kind of starting to pick it up but I feel like yeah I guess he did have the scars and stuff but in a way yeah. I kind of feel like he maybe didn't really get pushed that hard to become this <laughs> fucked up like he, you're right, he sure. you're right he probably you're was right. already just fucked up anyways like like some people are just broken nature versus nature. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't need that much of a push because he was already a little bit broken. Nope, you know, my mom so, yelled at me. I better go cut off a woman's scalp. Yeah. I mean, she did yeah, burn him a couple he, times, so. You're right. There there was a sense of, um, like, they didn't really do a good job, if I had any criticism with it, of showing that abuse to push him to this kind of life, you know, where he hated yeah, women, yeah. hated men, had, hated and loved his mom, that whole relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. and killing people to try to please her. They didn't do enough. It, look, he did a great job as the torturous person that there's two sides to him. One's doing the killing. One sure, wants sure. to do, you know, you know, take the woman as, as like, you love her, but, you know, you won't let me love him because you keep him or kill him. And then, um, uh -huh. you know, not until I saw, like I said, the next movie we talk about, and then you kind of put the two and two together. And then yeah. I guess you have to theory craft it in your own mind. Does some shit went down with him? Sure, sure. Bigger I mean, they, than the movie was trying to give us, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they showed that he he had the the little boy mannequin. Oh, god! And yeah, then he yeah. you know he put out the cigarette on his chest or whatever because he wouldn't mm -hmm. go in the closet. Right. He had the whole thing where he's like, "I don't want to go in the closet, mommy." She's like, "You've been <laughs> a bad boy. You need to go in the closet." <laughs> And yeah, they repeat the line to, back and forth like four times, and I'm like... Yeah, you have to kind of put it in your head more, I guess. Okay, a lot more trauma was, was done to him sure. as a little kid than actually like what the movie, you know, yeah, um, yeah. said well, it, it was doing. It almost makes him an extra killer because he's... 
like a lot of this is just his shit. Like it's yeah, it's that yeah, thing. Yeah. Like he's just interpreting it as right. even worse than it was. Perhaps right. I mean maybe it's, it was worse than well. Oh, you're right. Than that. Knowing I was coming on here, like I said, I rewatched the movie, mm -hmm. and I mean I guess if I was watching it with a critical eye, if I had to say anything negative about it, it maybe they realized we can't just have an hour and a half of him doing these brutal <laughs> kills, so they threw in that. You know, subplot of him mm -hmm. becoming a photographer and, you know, meeting up with Anna and all that. Yes, and to yeah. me, that was a, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Like, you got to fill the time with something else, but sure, that's sure. where the movie slows a little bit for me. Yeah, and and he, I, I like the, besides the kills, they offset it a lot with the... The other stuff with the mannequins like that stuff is some of the best stuff oh yeah in the movie besides the kills yeah i mean that whole that there's whole always something about mannequins that are creepy yeah, yeah. well in that yeah. whole after the first one when he he has that whole big speech the infamous you know told you not to go out tonight yes right. line comes from i told you not to go out tonight didn't i every time you go out this kind of thing happens this has got to stop it's silly, and it's not getting us anywhere. You think they don't know? They do. I heard it, and I know. They all know, and I don't like it anymore. But you don't listen, do you? It's got to stop. Oh, you're right about them, all of them. They're all the same. I know what they're like. Just because I can't do the things you do doesn't mean I don't see it. All the same. Fancy smancy. And what are we supposed to do? Sit and smile and yes, miss, no, miss, not now, miss. Whenever you say miss, I know, I know how it is with their hairs and their looks and their, 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 their they can drive a man crazy. I, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it that way. It's just that they, they don't know when to stop. They never know when to stop. That's why they have to be stopped. It is, you're right, you're right. But not like that. Not that way. Please, they'll take you away from me. You have to be careful not to listen to me. We can't live like this. I have to go out. And each time it's like this, I get so scared that they'll take you away. But they won't, if you do what I say. They won't take you away, not ever. Not ever, I swear. Not ever. That is just such a crazy thing. Like, he, he devolves and you start to kind of see that. And that's early on. It's only yeah. the first 20 minutes of the movie. Which, again technically would kind of offset the photography story because like, you know what he has planned mm -hmm. you know so again uh, that's a minor nitpick for me yeah and and i think you don't necessarily have to have a, a pure motivation he can also just be crazy too sure well, so and sure he, I mean, and i think that's looks what like this it. yeah yeah well that's i think that's what this movie is trying to do different than other right. 
serial killer or or slasher movies was mm -hmm. usually we just hear about it and we're following like the heroine yeah the mm -hmm. heroine uh you know what she's doing and then you know her inevitable attack and uh defeat of the killer and this one we're following the killer to the t we're getting in his yeah. head the whole mm -hmm. time and we're you know we're picking off his victims with no, him one right. by one yeah so with that movie that's what i appreciate a lot more and it wasn't just random acts of violence it was there there he, there was a yeah. specific reason why he was targeting these women that, sure. and you know we're getting into that like the psychology behind it uh which i just that just just propels the narrative to me a little like a lot more and like made it uh more menacing um just for example when we, we mentioned tom savini's killing it you know right. it was like one of the most brutal things and how he hopped up on the car and blew his head oh, off so it was just perfect. so good yeah 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 and, and, you know and, again rewatching it that scene is like it's unsettling in that you know the girl yeah. sees him so clearly it's not even a question yeah, yeah. like he's looking yeah. in the window and she mm -hmm. starts debating Tom Zavini. It's almost like <laughs> it's like an urban legend, almost. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. The guy outside of the car. I know that scene yeah. was pretty funny. She's like, "No, he's out. Then, no, you're crazy." It's like he's clearly right there, like the, he's in the shot. Yeah, your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know, God, it was a while ago, but on on Horrorhound Radio, we talked about uh, we debated Evil Dead versus Evil Dead Two, and not uh -huh. the side story. Mm -hmm. But I'm always more of an Evil Dead fan. The first oh, one. Sure. And yeah, me my too, actually. Freddie said it best where he said, Give me a fog machine and some yeah. good acoustics, and you got me hooked. And that yeah, scene yeah. does that. Yep. When they look through the headlights and you see like this fog rolling, and you see, Love you it. know, right. the killer Frank just standing in front of the car is just a perfect scene for me. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was great. Well, they're, they're, he, they do a good job with his stalking scenes, too. Like, you know, we start out with just him oh, yeah. spying on some people. And there's a couple of them that just jump in quick, but like that one, he, he, the Tom Savini and this girl, he follows them from outside the club and he waits with the headlights off and you know, it's this whole long stalk. And then the nurse one is just this mm -hmm. amazing long stalking scene, which then he kills her with a fucking small sword. Well, it, yeah. it's it just awesome. To, yeah, it, it almost goes to that realism of that other slashers may not have. Right, you know, right, as right. much as we love Friday the Thirteenth and you know My Bloody Valentine, mm -hmm. you you know it's not easy to put yourself in those movies. Like I'm never going to be hanging out in a coal mine. Right, yeah, right, Absolutely. Whereas exactly. This, you know, again, it shows that where it's like this guy could be hiding anywhere. You know, you're out yeah. on the town oh, yeah, with yeah. your wife and girlfriend, and he's just yeah. following you around. Yeah, right. Well, that the nursing is a perfect example. Like yep. they're they're sitting outside talking about there's this deranged killer out there, and they're like, yeah, that sucks, and you know, that's just be careful. Okay, I'll be careful. Mm -hmm. And then her realization that she's getting stalked, mm -hmm. and then she's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and panicking oh, and going man. down the subway. And that was like that realization, like, oh, I could be a victim because at first they were like kind of nonchalant, like, uh, just be careful. There's a maniac out there, and he's killing people, and the way he's killing them, and um, but. I felt it. Like, I felt the fear for these characters. Like, oh, oh shit, then this you guy's that, here. That classic oh, yeah. scene of relief, you know, where yes. she, she got away from him. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And then, and, again, then, and then, how many slasher movies do you see where, like, he just randomly pulls out a sword? Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> I know. That that was, I, I love that he, he's like, um, 
What the hell was that Antonio Banderas movie? Desperado. He's like Desperado. the mariachi. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the mariachi yeah. of of slashers. He's got the fucking violin yeah, case with case. a bunch of weapons. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Or a guitar case. Yep. He's got a shotgun, a sword, a switchblade. He's got all this badass stuff in there. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he I mixes it up. He uses the moan like as he's tortured inside, oh. and, mm -hmm. and he starts moaning and like you know doing that whole heavy breathing. Um, and it's a lot of times you see him do this when he's trying to be a human being to somebody and then all of a sudden like he looks away and he's like he does that moan it's like oh shit you're i have to kill her door yep. this is gonna happen and it, it was yeah i can't say enough about this movie like when we decided to do you know maniac i was so excited i was like yes because sure, sure. now it is funny because you guys mentioned it before i listened to your episode before this and you guys were talking on on that episode about how rough those movies were the uh the vengeance movies <laughs> from korea yes. yeah yeah and then I was like, oh, now we're doing Maniac. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, the, these were almost like, a, like I was saying before, they were almost kind of a, an, an uptick in the mood mm -hmm. from those movies. I was in, curious in how you guys would feel about that after so. listening to that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, those, um... those ones have mixed results, too. Like, between yeah. those three movies, they all kind of end differently. Yeah. So right. it's... Right. I guess it no depends on which one. No scenes in this one, too. So. No. No, which, there was no weird it, sex stuff. It could have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And not that uh, I, I want to see Joe Spinell do it. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> no. It's bad enough to watch Min Sik Choi do it in Old Boy, so. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> but he's captivating. I'll watch him do anything. That's true. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So case in point. Yes. But, uh, I... I know the, the relationship with Anna, it does kind of slow it down, but it also kind of expands upon his perception because they get into that whole talk about how he takes the pictures of, or she takes the pictures of the girls in a certain way and how she wants to sell the pictures and he wants to keep them, or he was right. saying, you know, he would keep them because he could keep someone forever Restores that way them. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Listen, how come all your models are women? Oh, it's just something I'm interested in as a woman. In fact... This is my fourth series. It's called Woman 4. Mm -hmm. Not very original, is it? Well, it's not the title that matters that much. No, no. Listen, do you get to uh, keep them all? Well, I'm hoping to sell them. I wouldn't. I I'd keep them forever. Well, but why? I mean, part of my profession is to sell photographs. It's not all for art's sake, you know. I know, but why do you take pictures of women this way? beautiful. No, I think it's more to preserve them. You see, the beauty is already in the model. Frank, don't be silly. Listen, I'm the photographer, right? Right. So I should know what I'm doing, shouldn't I? I know, but to me, you know, things change. People die. But in a painting or a picture, they're yours forever. There's no way you can possess someone forever. Even in a photograph. There's no way. Well, I was noticing this picture of this old lady here. At one point in her life, she was someone's sister, someone's wife, someone's mother. And when the photographer took a picture, he had her the way he wanted her. She could never leave him. And she couldn't grow old, and she couldn't die. And it, it, it's, it's cool that they were smart enough to kind of tie the things in together well, of, of his whole perception of, you know, he's going to keep this hair that he's obsessed with hair obviously yeah i mean to go back dies, yeah. and recreate yeah 
to go back to something we said, that subplot does lead into, you know, when he's killing uh, one of the models, right? Yeah, Rita. Yeah, and she knows him. Right. And she right. starts saying his name. Like, like that gives it that extra level of realism and disturbing, just like when she's begging him personally for her life. Right. Yes. Yeah. I only remember it was Rita because of the line it is at his mom's grave. Yeah. And he's like, Rita, yeah, Rita knew. knew. Yeah, Rita. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rita yeah. knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, what? Whoa. Yeah. yeah, and how so, did it get real foggy at the graves? Huh? Like all of a sudden. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like how they <laughs> sure, pulled the sure. fog machine out again. I know. Yeah, big time. It was they probably like... the same set. They're like, just yeah. just move over to this side, and we're going to shoot that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was some some weird kind of editing in this movie. I don't know if it ever had extended cuts or something. You know, I I noticed There's... that for the first time watching it this time. Some kind of choppy stuff, like when he he kills Rita. And then all of a sudden, he's like calling Anna yeah. and say, like "Hey, you want to go out later. in, in yeah. fifteen yep. minutes?" Yeah, yeah, fifteen. And she's like, "Oh, thanks for coming to the funeral." And we're like, "Where was all that shit? We didn't see a funeral or anything." There was a time jump there, and it's funny. He goes, "Hey, what are you uh, doing tonight? You want to go out?" Yeah, no problem. Okay, I pick you up in fifteen. Uh, I know. It's okay. like, who's ready that fast? He said tonight. <laughs> and then he said, and then she says, "Make it ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, make. Yeah, more that happened twice with her. I'm yes. like that is uh, well, with the ex- the editing I noticed were a woman. few times like uh, when he's having dinner with Anna mm-hmm. and they're having a conversation and I can't remember, like, she asks him a question and it's like this weird edit where it's just like yes and then cut back to her yes yeah like, <laughs> it was like this right. really quick choppy edit where I think you couldn't just have him in the scene saying yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there must have been some uh, uh, cutting room floor stuff that yeah. just kind of together <laughs> but what you, you were just saying paul i think you said it like i couldn't even fathom what an uncut version of this would be like oh i know right. <laughs> if there was anything they cut out like, like i question if i want to see it yeah yeah but well said, that's of course the... I, I of course i would want to see it it felt <laughs> like there was not cutscenes from that stuff so much yeah, yeah maybe they did cut those sooner but it did feel like there was other weird stuff mm-hmm. like the other one that was that was weird to me was as as we start to wind down here and we get to the end of the movie and he he attacks Anna at the grave you know goes I want to go stop off and see my mom okay right and then Which I also like a little that, bit weird did he mention yeah. that it was Christmas too and I'm like oh it's a Christmas movie <laughs> but I'm oh. like why is he sweating all the time if it's fucking winter what is going on is that good that's yeah. not sweat that's grease yes yeah that's but right he, he uh so he's the greasy strangler wait <laughs> oh man bullshit art. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit artist. <laughs> but he he goes to the grave, he attacks her, and then I think she picks up like a shovel, which a must shovel, have been yeah. a razor shovel. Because that's it back when you know, graveyards just had shovels in them. Yeah, and it was razor right. sharp. She hits him in the arm razor and he's just sharp. pouring blood everywhere. Yeah, because it went through that thick yeah. jacket. And, <laughs> yeah. Then, like, like you said earlier, the, there's obviously spoilers. Sure. Uh, if there's one thing that's always confuse me it is kind of the ending well yeah because then then anna just fucks off like she yeah she well, just takes off and, and she's never to be seen again in the movie yep. and i was like what the fuck why didn't she i know it's not police protocol but they always would have sure. like, her show up with the cops in the movie she'd well, be like there he is I cops would, get like, him as many times as i've seen the movie <laughs> the ending where obviously he you know that attack obviously sent him into like a psychotic breakdown right. and he starts yes. hallucinating you know it pushed him over the edge but I'm talking about like the very end when the cops do Uh-oh. show up 
Yeah. And yeah. then they, they, they break the door down and he's laying on his bed and they just leave. Yeah. They're like, and then oh, his eyes open. We missed it. We missed yep, it. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did see that and it was like, I guess I, I just assumed that they were like, oh, dude's dead. We've got to go call I, the corner or whatever. The detectives, right? And uh, that's it. And, and I mean, that was that whole, you know, the twist at the end. I, I would have been okay if he just stayed dead because this is a torturous movie of his journey that we saw. Um, but sure. yeah. Remember, like they said, the 80s always did that to us, you know, always through that eyes open at the end, someone breathes, yeah, the body's dun, dun, missing, dun. you know. Yeah, they had to leave it open-ended yeah. in case yeah, there was yeah, a sequel. Like, yeah, like they turn around, the body's missing, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it was from 1980, and they were still kind right. of figuring out how to structure these slasher movies and to make a good storyline mm. for them, too, I think. And I think it was cool that they tried to make it original when there wasn't really that much stuff that they were already aping right. off of to begin with you know and, and they Did, get uh, away with so much back then too i mean i don't think mm -hmm. today you could get a uh uh get uh through a three minute ch uh, strangulation scene i really don't i don't think the people have the <laughs> no. guts to do that anymore like in like mainstream you know, i'm talking mainstream i don't want to like uh i may be wrong here i'm kind of looking at it on imdb and not to get off topic but and if either of you seen this movie he did that was supposed to be a all oh, this is it yeah they he apparently did like a sequel to this Joe Spinell did oh no that was like I don't think it ever got officially released it's actually called Maniac 2 Mr. Robbie okay oh. it was like it was okay. a short they did or like someone else tried to pick it up and they actually got a hold of Joe Spinell hmm. yeah oh well, that'd be cool I, I I'm actually curious to, to actually or it's something, man. I again, I, I should have been more prepared. Or it was a movie he did called The Undertaker, or something like that, where okay. they tried to make an unofficial sequel to this with uh -huh, him. Right. I've yeah. never seen I, it. I, I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah, uh, I never uh, did, but it doesn't seem like it would need a sequel. Like they could have just no, left him dead. Absolutely right, right. not. Been like, and no, to, and no. to see him in this kind of role was was really cool to see his uh, his acting skills put to test. You know, because he was always like. You know, I know he played in Maniac Cops, all of them, uh, or the three, yeah. I think. Uh, but he always played like a gangster. You know, he was the gangster in Rocky, in Rocky Two, Gazo. Yeah. He played yeah. that. He played in Godfather. I mean, he's always that that type of you know. Have you, uh, have either of you ever seen the other movie he did, the the last horror film? No, I haven't. That's mm -mm. a solid movie. I would I would recommend it. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Cool. Well, if no one has anything else super significant. Um, we, we just kind of rate, I think you heard on the last episode, we just kind of do I a did. love it, like it, didn't like it, hate it. Mm -hmm. um, also, we have an unnamed uh, kind of ultimate tier for things that would be like your top 10 or all-time favorite movies, whatever type of category you want to call that. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, Marco, do you want to start off with sure. just, uh, your final thoughts on it? Yeah, man. Um Again, I love the the fact that we were going to review this movie. I just brought back so many memories, and rewatching it again, I was just like, I can't believe how good this is for its time. It really keeps up for me. The the suspense, the blood, the gore, the best kill scenes. Anytime Tom Savini's involved in it, you're gonna get a great, you know, gore fest. So right. I'm I'm think I'm saying I love this movie. Go watch it. It's it's perfect. It's one of those movies where it's hard pressed for me not to put on a like top 20 list or something like that it really is nice yeah perfect how about you jason uh i would say almost the exact same thing loved it with borderline you know upper echelon yeah uh, if you again 
put my feet to the fire and talking about how much I love slasher movies, this would be in my top 10 must-watch slasher movies. Yeah, sure, sure. So going Absolutely. on that, I would put it in that that category of upper best of. But yes. as far as just basic, my favorite movies, I'd still just say loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like I said earlier, if you have not watched it, you need to. Uh, yeah, it, absolutely. Again, don't go into it expecting Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. Right. No, no. And it's Perfect. not a, it's not a hang out with your girlfriend and watch it type movie either. <laughs> I mean, it depends no. on the girl. Well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, me and my wife. Hey, that's what we watch. But I'm just saying for the, you know, not to sound like that, but if yes, you're trying yeah. to impress a girl, this may not be one of the movies to put in. No, I'm probably not. not a first date. Exactly. No, exactly. Not a first date movie. <laughs> probably a bad idea. Yeah. To put my foot in my mouth, I will uh, say on a personal level, one of the earliest movies I made my wife watch was I Spit on Your Grave. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. I can't. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> Trust, I, I, I know you don't have to say anything. Yeah, I, I get you. It's like that. That we have that wavelength. Go, okay, I, I get instantly you. it was like, what the hell did I just do? She was like, why? Right. Oh man, <laughs> that is a wow moment. Maybe yes. it was like you know, what you said. It was like a test. It was a test. Thirteen years yeah, later, yeah. it worked. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, no, now you gotta wonder sense. what's wrong with her. Shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's on you now. Damn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I am right there with you guys. I love this one. It uh, it's, it's not going to be in my top ten of horror movies. As far as like, I, n- I never really thought about ranking as far as like slashers or whatever. But I would agree that among slashers, yeah. this one is is especially unique in style and in tone, and also in in the fact of being more or less standalone, short of these other loosely connected things. Uh, there's there's not a lot of the great slashers that are just a standalone movie where it's not something that keeps going on short of being remade uh, much like my bloody valentine's one of my one of my actual all-time favorites and yep. that one was just like we did the one movie it was done and then they remade it a long time later so right so yeah i'm, I'm right there with you guys it's uh it's very tonally different from a lot of the stuff from this time where right in that 80 to 81 82 you were getting these really badass slasher movies before they became yeah. funny right but this this was not right. like funny or yeah. fun really at all so you know the expression we use on whorehound radio is this was just a mean movie yeah, yeah. it was not a nice movie no but it's it's mean right. and it's it's smart it's not like yeah. just mean yes, absolutely. for the yeah. sake of being like fuck you it's look how badass and- we are yeah, and it's a serial killer movie. It's gotta, right. it's gotta have these these things. This guy needs to be stopped. Like we, we always root for the bad guy. I mean, everybody exactly. does, I think, to a point. Yeah. But also on the same point, in this movie, you know, there is a sense of like everything's getting turned up a notch on every kill. And yeah, he, yeah. if he gets stopped, I'm not going to be disappointed because he's a bad guy, or he's sure, got sure. he's got issues, you know. So yeah, works. I agree. Perfect. Well, I think that is uh, good for this movie. So why don't we take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about the remake, also known as Maniac. Thank you. 
Yeah, that one's so good. That that might be one of my all-time favorite endings to a movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and that one's a lot more fun, for sure. <laughs> it is. That, <laughs> that real wacky shit. That the first movie I saw that I realized, like, oh, like, this is one of those good-bad movies. It's, right. like, silly, yeah. <laughs> and there is an awesome, super overtly racist Asian character. Oh, God. In that movie as well. It is one of my favorite scenes ever. Yes, it is. It's That's so like funny. the scene I use to describe to people that haven't seen it. Yeah. More racist than the leprechaun in the hood Asian guy? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're like, it's 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 very archetypal. I got but, you. But 80s archetypal, not 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, it's one of those in the 90s, it was just like, all Asians hate black people because they own stores. Right. Yes. That's, yeah, that's true. That was every, yeah. like, 90s Asian stereotype. Yeah. This was actually, again, to talk about Maniac, and you were talking about top 10. I see that on a list, or someone posed me the question of my favorite slasher movies that never had a sequel. Ah, that never had yeah. a sequel. Yeah. And so I would say, like, Maniac, My Bloody Valentine, Pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. That'd yeah, be an interesting not, list. There's not a That'd ton of good. them, really. The Prowler. Like all the... All the awesome ones, yeah. You got um, some big name ones. You got some like obscure ones like the initiation intruder. that was awesome. Oh, intruder, yeah. Yeah, intruder is badass. That one has some of the best kills of uh, happy like, birthday to me. Oh yeah. Love happy birthday to me. You just yeah, I guess there are some. Yeah, there's some great ones. Nice. All right. Well, why don't we get into our next one here, which is going to be Maniac from 2012. A remake of the original movie from 1980, starring one Elijah Wood as our stand-in for Joe Spinell. Right. Uh, Yeah. Very opposite uh, ends of the spectrum here, right? It is, it is. And so our... So, both very odd-looking, just for different reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. They both work, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, our, our very brief synopsis here says, As he helps a young artist with her upcoming ex exhibition, the owner of a mannequin shop's deadly suppressed desires come to the surface. That is a horrible description. Yeah. Yes. It, d it doesn't really have a lot to helping her with the exhibit. She's just kind no. of... No. It's, it's that, more makes about it, a, that makes it's more it about seem a budding like more romance. like a... Like you said, almost like a thriller. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. one of my, like I said, uh, we kind of briefly touched One of my main concerns was Elijah Wood. Just being the, you know, in my head, the stereotypical brute of a serial killer overpowering thing doesn't really resonate with Elijah Wood. You know, I don't think he sure. goes past yeah. my foot. But anything's possible, you know. You, you got that stuff. and that, So that was my, I guess, uh, curiosity going into this movie. Which, right, I will right. say, it he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I actually had saw this one. This is this is how ignorant I was. Was I saw this and then learned that it was a remake of something else. I was like, oh, oh okay. Elijah, yeah. Elijah Wood is a slasher. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty sweet. And then I, I watched I, that movie and then was like, oh, this is a remake of something else. And I then then I watched the original this, one. So I, I saw them out I, of order. This one came out, uh, you know, kind of at the peak 2012 of. Of my like, oh, remakes are stupid. Why would you remake Maniac? Yeah, well, they had been done a lot through the early 2000s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's exactly my attitude towards remakes. I, I just don't think they're. I have, <laughs> I have gone past that because it's yeah. just entertained me now. Yeah, no, to a point, to a point. There's still I, there's still some remakes out there that we go down to a little remake tangent. There's still some out there that are just total cab gra uh, cash grabs that that just ruin the spirit of the original. Um, but then there's ones like this that try to take the original and really give you more than the original, like we kind of talked to. I know we didn't really want to do a compare and contrast. We want to treat them like individual movies, but I feel that this remake try to exploit some of the missing sure. elements of the original like the abuse now, uh, my or only, the mother scene my only slight counter to that and I've said this before is to mm -hmm. me 90 to 95% of all movies we've watched are cash grabs so oh, yeah. even oh, independent yeah. movies they want to make that oh, money yeah. Yeah, so I would say 100%. even a bad remake at least maybe makes you appreciate the original more. Yeah, oh, definitely. If that, that makes any sense, you know. Yeah. Well, like it, when that's the... been my thing the whole time. Yeah, because I, I tell but people... However, I, I was going to say, that, but I, I just re to repeat myself, I've hit the point to remakes of, I've, I have enough of them that I love, and I said, mm. I, I don't care. Just entertain me. This movie will never erase the original for me, so I don't right, care. Right. I hear yeah, you. Yeah. I hear you. I, um, and I guess yeah. uh, just from my point of view of the fact that I saw this and didn't realize that it was a remake at first. See, now that's interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it stands well as its own movie for sure. Um, the the thing I, I do like, so I just saw that it was the slasher with Elijah Wood and was like, oh, what's that all about? And, right. and he actually kills it in this role. And I'm like, wow, this is a really fucked up and weird movie. And it's, it's right. very artistic. And I saw this kind of early on with seeing a lot of horror movies too when I was getting back into this stuff, rediscovering it and listening to the mm -hmm. podcast and all that stuff. And so I didn't really know... The, the people involved with the movie like that it and and now knowing what i know and watching it again all these you know years later sure. it's like wow this movie looks like it's totally a french movie spoken in english 
It's, it's yeah. very of that. I mean, you can see the the Alexander Aha stamp mm-hmm. oh, all over very this movie, much even so. though he didn't direct it. And so, it, I mean, it it's it's like high tension, but the maniac version. Right. <laughs> it looks just like it, you oh, know. Yes. It is the the director of this uh, Frank Calfoon. Cal- yes. Calfoon. He did a another great, somewhat slasher movie called P Two. Oh yeah, I did see that actually. Yeah, that's another solid little slasher movie, and he he works yes. with Alexander Aja a lot. Oh. So yeah, when I saw a, those names attached to this, I said like, okay, like I, I feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and we we covered High Tension a while back, and we loved that movie. Yes. Despite the, oh. the crazy twist in it, I love, you know, love the twist. Yeah. A little side note, you know, not again, not to go off tangent, but Alexander <laughs> Aja is came out so strong with high tension, like he can mm-hmm. still make mediocre movies and still gets credit. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but I can see that. I, I I like what they tried to do with the so this whole movie being done in sort of a POV camera, first mm-hmm. person, yeah, yeah. And I do like that, but I feel like after a while it kind of gets old. After I guess just watching it a few times, like mm-hmm. I would have liked if there was a mix more so of it, and mm-hmm. if somehow they could they could manage to meld them together to do a little bit of conventional, a little POV. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they do a good job with showing them in cameras and stuff like that, or in, in mirrors See, and whatever. But when I first saw it, I loved it. I was like, this is a this is a good movie. This is a fun movie. It's violent. Right. Rewatching it for this podcast, you know, I found a little bit more that I was iffy about. Like, if you're going to commit to that, you need to fully commit to it. Right. Yeah. You know, there were a few scenes where, like, the camera would start spinning around and you'd see Elijah Wood and it'd be like, well, then why are you filming it the other way? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because you see, what catches only time we see Elijah Wood is in reflections and shadows and mirrors and stuff like that. Um, I felt one of the one things like I felt like if you were like, okay, we're going to remake the maniac. We're going to do this. I think, I think they said it's so important to capture the killer side of everything and follow him to the T, what he does from morning, right. noon and night and mm. doing it this way. The, the point of the, the point of POV, the first person does that because it forces you or forces you, the, the audience too. It's like, we're always looking what uh, the killer is seeing. We're always here with him just mm-hmm. like the original did yeah. also. But yeah, you're right. There was like, I think there was like two scenes where they broke yeah. that rule. And it was really no point. At first I thought, okay, is it the two personalities looking at each other? So mm. what was it? But it really didn't resonate that. Like I thought it was going to go because the only reason that would have worked if Elijah Wood would have looked to us as that, you know, uh, oh, recognized. Man, if he recognized that's it. That's a good thought. I didn't think about that. Yeah. If, but mm-hmm he didn't recognize it you know if he was you know like kind of like the killer was killing and the other dude was like you know torn out of him a little bit and we were that as an audience but it didn't do that it had this weird you know kill scene um and it just kind of never went back to it so in my head i'm thinking oh it's the it's the one personality in our killer wanting to keep the girls because they're so beautiful and then you have the other personality that's killing them constantly because she hates him, hates his mom, and yeah. And again, like you said, don't want to compare it to the original, so I'm going to say this. It's a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. The killer in this was very sympathetic. Yes. So you really right. believed he did not want to be doing what he was doing. Right. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that I really appreciated. Well, yeah, like he has that. a different kind of crazy. 
I like that a lot more than the deranged lunatic out just for the violence for the sake of violence. I love the torturous serial killer uh, character archetype that where he's remorseful, the one that kills and cries at the end because he doesn't want to do this, but there's something driving him to do that. Those are so more interesting than the mean spirited. I draw pentagrams, blah, 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 kill, 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 you know, (laughs) I like those too. Don't get me wrong, but I appreciate a lot more. To jump forward, you know, a little bit, that scene when he's killing, uh, what was she, like a manager of Anna or like... Oh, know, Rita. The, that, was, yeah, that, the was, older... that was the Rita in that movie. The agent. Yes. They the copied agent. the name. Yes, yeah. the agent. Yeah. That yes. scene was so, like, that was like the brutal scene for me in the it movie. It was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where it was she got it the worst comfortable sure. and, like, I found myself actually wincing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh my God, where they show through his perspective, you know, him cutting her back. And oh, again, yeah. like you said, that Ale- that Alexander Aja touch where it's like, it looks so real. It was I, horrible. I, I was like sitting there going, how the hell is he doing? How are you slashing somebody? It exactly. looks like it was an exact, like, like you're really doing it. You <laughs> yeah, know, where right. the blood would come out in specks first and then come. It's like, oh my God, they're killing yes, this person yeah. on screen. Yeah. <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and he, that's the that's the whole that's like his whole speech where he's he thinks that it's his mom, yeah, and he's pleading to her, and and she's like, I don't know what's going on and whatever, yeah, and yeah. she yeah, yeah. is a lot of tribute to the dialogue of the original where it's he yes. he basically has the whole the tagline in that where he ends by screaming about that he told her not to go out tonight. Changing your makeup and hairstyle didn't fool me. You didn't think I'd recognize you? Why? Because you think I'm stupid? Why do you act like I don't exist? I never wanted to hurt you. But you made me. Didn't you? Yes. Yes, you did. Did you need to be with all of them? Huh? Did you? Was it the money? Answer me!
her her death was absolutely the worst because he scalped her alive and everyone else alive. he killed yeah. them first and then scalped them. Well, <laughs> the one thing like, I nope. appreciated, not to interrupt, no, you're good. The thing I appreciated about the you know uh, what first person perspective of it is that it didn't look like Doom or something like that where you had his hands out <laughs> in front of him the whole time. Right. You know, like I, I did appreciate that. What was that one movie, the uh, Hardcore Henry or something? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hardcore right. Henry. The guy yeah. was just like a video game. It totally was. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a Whereas this Absolutely. was a little bit more realistic. You know, the slight head movements and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, what did uh, so this this movie really the standout of it is the kills. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- think that I had counted up that there's one less kill maybe in this movie actually but it depends one on more who. okay if you count technical body counts sure sure if we're going yeah, full like... on spoiler you know what i mean oh yeah 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 i didn't i didn't count All the driver right. of the car as his kill uh, but okay i'll give you i'll so. give you that one <laughs> so that would make it even then right that would make it even okay <laughs> I'm like the driver that was on his own shit. He just yeah, he just gunned he just it drove into the into fucking pole. pole. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't want to feel like I feel like uh, maybe because this is I I saw it when it first came out. Haven't watched mm-hmm. it again, but I've always defended it. So watching it again uh, just the other day kind of was still somewhat fresh to me. And I don't want to sound like I'm crapping on the movie. There were some moments where again using that first person perspective. I felt like Elijah Wood was kind of doing like an old timey radio thing. Or yeah. Because you're not seeing him as an actor, you know, emote emotion through his facial expressions. Right. He had to like say it out loud. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right, right. So that was a little bit off putting. Not a ton, just a little. Right. It, it was it was enough to notice it. You know, yeah. like I, I noticed that right away, like, oh, it's this inner dialogue almost kind mm-hmm, of thing that's mm-hmm. because it's like you're listening to yourself talk and and uh, mm-hmm. the, they did a good job on distance of things, too. So if someone was far away talking and you're like, if you, if we are the audience and we are Elijah Wood in this character and the character, we heard what he heard as in a distance and stuff like that. And then, of course, he was overly loud because it was more um you know, dialogue and not in your head, but you hear yourself loud, you know, the loudest. So, yeah, but it even though they were trying to copy real life in that, it's still, like you said, a little bit off putting where I noticed it and I was kind of like, okay, you know, I had to keep reminding myself this is first mm-hmm. person, this is first person, you know, not just, uh, um, you know, it kind of distracting. Did you guys yeah, yeah. Uh, catch that nice little Easter egg to the original? Yes. Yeah, oh, the, well, there's, the there's a lot kill. Yeah, there are a few. My favorite one the... on the dates. Yes, yes. When yeah. when she describes who he's expecting, a fat, greasy. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, oh, hair, that's sad. Overweight, <laughs> greasy looking. Yeah. No, I go, oh, that's sad. You know? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. <laughs> sure, but it was. Yeah. I appreciated it still. Right. I did too, and that in the um the song at the first kill when he picked up the yes. girl from the date, the Signs of the Lamb song. Yes. I just I just kept like sitting there going like are you gonna tuck it in or something what's going on here? <laughs> well, what's no, well, that, funny is like that, how much that song has become ingrained in our heads. Yeah, right. Because of yeah, Silence of the Lambs. You hear and that mm-hmm. song, it's like oh, some bad shit's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. That that is funny how it's become synonymous with that. Yeah, of course. 
You can't play it at like a wedding. It's interesting (laughs) because, you know, did you uh, ever hear, because, you know, they played it in uh, Clerks 2. Yeah. Kevin Smith talked about that. uh, I can't remember. I don't know who originally recorded the song, but they won it like $10,000 every time you heard the song. And so he couldn't couldn't put it in the trailers. Like, it's that popular. He said it was like I paid him for a one time use in the movie. Right. Jeez. That's funny. That's crazy. Hey, you know, that's that's their claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah, the other one, I mean, the, I guess the whole thing was really kind of a, a nod to the first movie, the when he was stalking the ballet dancer through the subway. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I guess we could get into kind of comparing this movie to the other ones because it's, it's too hard to talk about it. Hard not yeah, I guess too. the one... <laughs> it yeah, is, the one know, thing as I, much as I always say... I view these movies as standalones. It, it inevitably goes back to this. Well, yeah. I think this one does a good job of hitting a lot of the same beats, but not yes. doing it exactly the same. So, like, you have the ballet dancer mm-hmm. is, like, the nurse from the other movie, and he stalks her through the subway and the train. Mm-hmm. It's right. this, this big, long, drawn-out, super tense scene. But then he gets her in the parking lot instead of in the bathroom. Right. And Which, that one yeah, was, like, the tribute a, to the poster. That's, like, the Achilles tendon... Oh, mm-hmm. which like you know, like the nice little uh, you know touch that it was a ballerina that gets her Achilles tendon cut. Yeah, yeah, and and then he he does the the pose like on the yeah. original artwork, right? So, but the, the the first kill with the not the first kill, but the one with the internet date was like the stand-in for the prostitute in the other movie where he strangles right. her. Right. That's true. And, and yep. does yeah. the same thing like that. Yeah. Um, the there was kind of similarities with a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, they almost mirrored, but it's a, a slight little twist. Uh, Which mm-hmm. I will yeah, say that that scene on the on the blind date, mm-hmm. I thought was so cool. Like, and again, I picked it up on this one where you know he starts kind of having like a panic attack, yeah. and he turns and it's like everyone in the restaurant looking at him. Mm-hmm. When yes, you know they're not, but right, through right. his the eyes they are. Right, right. The paranoia. Right. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and they added that whole thing about the headaches and stuff in this movie, the, yeah. the migraines or whatever it is, these, these like, spaz attacks that he has. Right. Where he, he completely loses it. And that well, goes like along said, with just making him more crazy. To compare, again, to the original, that's the difference, is you get him a little bit more sympathetic, you know, someone you feel a little bit more for. Yeah. Yeah, he's more out of control. Talk, and then, again, like you were saying, when you start seeing more of the flashbacks, like you know more in your face right right like jesus that is that's horrible yeah yeah yeah, they touched a lot more on the the psychological abuse seeing his mom being a prostitute and that and that made more sense to me when in the original he kept saying like there's so many men there's so many men and none of them loved you and like he had you know the affinity love for his mom and so watching the remake helped me you know kind of fill that blank in like that whole sense of the killers of you know childhood abuse on this end um they didn't do the whole cigarette burn in this one Mm -hmm. right they just they didn't do any they didn't really show any physical stuff they substituted that with graphic prostitution yes 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 yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. she was definitely a known whore yes yeah (laughs) i mean she was doing it on the streets literally i know yeah that yeah. one was extra fucked up. Just turn She's your like, head. Go right wait in the car. Just turn well, your head. Yeah, just turn your head. 
Yeah, well, and that one was like the substitution of his girlfriend, like the, I don't know if you caught that, mm -hmm. that his mom turned into his girlfriend's face to uh -huh. Anna's face a couple times. Right. And that was right. kind of like the thing when he was choking the prostitute in the first movie and it was turning into his mom. And I was like, oh, look, there's another little nod. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's all these yeah. beats that they hit. They're just way out of order, different characters. Yeah. The, the one thing that I didn't like about this one as much is that they spent a lot longer in between the kills and developing their relationship. Mm. Which I guess uh, oh, because yeah. because you know that uh, like you know it's not going to end well, so it's like well they're spending so much time on developing this like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it felt a little I mean, slow in the middle. Again, the the third act got a little bit uh, over the top. Yes, and that's you know again even in in maniac standards, right? Yeah, that you know he strangles her she's not dead he puts her in like the her, his van she stabs him with like a mannequin arm yeah gets in a car there's a car accident it turns into like this whole thing so that was a little bit like actiony over the top right yeah it, it made it back up it brought you back in plus before that you had the rita kill which was the most horrific yes. thing in the movie yeah. so they're like oh you thought that Look, we were slowing down huh something weird and again I do this on our podcast. I always stress, I, I'm going to keep spoiling and spoiling. But uh, when he's at uh, Anna's apartment and her neighbor mm -hmm. shows up yeah. and he hits him in the mouth with a meat cleaver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. You know he, he gets it's it. It's funny in the sense that I didn't remember the movie well enough. I, I watched it with my wife and I said, <laughs> you know what's messed up is that wouldn't kill him. Right. right. And then the dude gets back up and... Uh -huh. yeah. I was like, well, I'll be damned. I just put my foot in my mouth. Well, there you the go. other kill, too, when he stabbed her underneath the, in the, not in the throat, but in the mouth. Oh, like yeah. He, he saw the blade in her mouth. I'm like, and she died and he scalped her at one yeah. of the kills. I'm like, that that wouldn't have killed her. I don't understand. Like, I don't. You, yeah, you know, it was like, long it, enough to hit her brain, maybe, but. But, maybe. It, but she opened her mouth. We saw the blade tip in her mouth. It was like kind of weird to me that that would kill somebody. Yeah. And, well, also yeah, she had I the she had I the loosest think... scalp ever, so yeah, it was just like one slice. The thing just fell yeah. off. A minor cut and yeah. her entire head yeah. falls off. Yeah, I've seen pictures. Yeah, exactly. Maybe looking at this through a critical eye, because that happened pretty early on in the movie. Sure. That was like the first five or six minutes. I think right. that was them trying to tell the audience, like, don't worry, yo, here's a violent kill for you. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, it brings you in. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think that was smart, too, because they know people are already skeptical. They're like, oh, it's fucking Frodo, and he's playing mm -hmm. the maniac, and you know what I mean? They're, people are already skeptical, and well, they, like they I have said, to immediately I, uh, just have him yoke to, somebody. Yeah, I was trying to buy into the sense, like, this this tiny guy can do this these powerful kills. You know, right. choke someone out. Well, you know, uh... Uh, you know the, that kind of stuff, and and, and, uh, and it, I I lost that completely as soon as we I started watching the movie. I'm like, no, I bought into it. I mean, anything's possible. I was I wasn't worried about it anymore, and it's because sure, sure. you know of the original how big the guy was. You can just, I mean he laid on these girls as he was strangling like Elijah Wood. They no, could right, fight yeah. him. You know, yeah. <laughs> these girls would have beat his ass up. You know, in uh, right. in so to go to like a somewhat behind the scenes, you know. This was, I think, Elijah Wood's first movie because he started a movie studio mm -hmm. for his love of horror. Mm. Yes. And that's where it kind of was like, you know what? That's awesome. I give him credit for that. You know, yeah, oh, absolutely. See, I, I look at him as Frodo. He's awesome. I yeah. love Lord of the Rings. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. 
but it's like, man, like, you know, he did this, he did, you know, some other horror movies that weren't great. Right. Right. But, but at least he did it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, yeah, Like yeah. I said, that, like I said, that worry went away the first, the, the, pretty much the first five minutes of the film, when, especially yeah. it was on the blind date. I was like, I'm not, that's not even a concern of me, of, of mine anymore. Uh, yeah. At first, I thought it was an odd casting choice, but again, I was like, well, oh, done with that, because... You never, you don't know what kind of yeah, strength I, I you think, know, he has, and stuff, I so. think that was maybe the point to show, like, look, you know, he's yeah. not worried about it, so you shouldn't either. That, mm-hmm. that, and you would think that getting in close with these girls that he's killing, it's a more of a trust thing. They don't seem as threatening until he. Yeah, turns and on. Uh, you know, also to go for a slight yeah. level of realism, uh, a woman's going to be more attracted to Elijah Wood than Joe Spinell. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and feel safer of, too. Exactly. Yeah, speaking yeah. of like. Were you guys disappointed that the the one who played Anna had a boyfriend? Like I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah, I was like, oh fuck, man. I mean, yeah, I, I <laughs> like... guess you no, you're right because when she does say that, you do kind of get like, oh, you mother, like, yeah, right. you're, yeah. Gonna, you're gonna get it. Now yes. you're gonna die because I think you yeah. were safe before she said, I'm gonna meet me for drinks with my boyfriend. And even Elijah Woods character Frank, he's like. I gotta go. This yeah. is not. I, I mean, I'm gonna have got, to kill you we right now. Man, that's we a wrap. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was leading him on big time. I'm sorry. So. You know, you I, know. you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I was like very disappointed for our for our for Frank. <laughs> but it kind of goes to again the comparison of the original versus this one, where it's like yeah. you wouldn't feel that with Joe Spinell. No, no. Or at least his character. Well, because well, the girl obviously liked him in the first, in original, you know, and it, she was going on dates with them and stuff, and it didn't get that where, oh, yeah, by the way, my husband uh, is going to meet us for dinner, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. this was kind of a uh, shot to the gut when the remake did that. It's like, here, by the way, my boyfriend, which ended up being a douche anyway, so. No, you're right, and that kind of almost a goofy circle goes back to what we talked about in that you know sometimes in these movies you end up finding yourself kind of cheering for that kill yes yeah maybe maybe being able to relate to it yeah yeah right well i I think it it's Uh, it's good that they they did different stuff but i think it's hard too because they i don't know i guess you have to go with whatever they were doing at the time and maybe they were trying to throw in some extra thing about oh that's why he becomes mad and he'll kill her now because well, I, she's she's off the protected list or something. Right, I constantly right. say this again on Whorehound Radio, but uh, just to cover my own ass, if you're talking to a girl that has a boyfriend, you don't have the right to kill her. Exactly. Right. As much as I can never... say, like, oh, you know, we can relate to that. That I do not endorse no, no. that. Only. Oh yeah. yeah. By, but you go to a, a, a movie date. She, you know, she's <laughs> touching her hand. She's very close, doing all these things, and gives right. you no signal that she's with somebody until the very until you make your move. Oh, by the way, I got a boyfriend. It's like, well, what have we been doing? Like, right? <laughs> you know She's what? I trying to get the that, You know what? Then go make a movie about a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> She's just trying to get to his mannequins. That's right. Oh, She's just using it for the art. Yes. Yeah. The first yeah. time that could ever be said in the history of art. <laughs> Y'all right. Uh, I, th- I think the one big difference in this movie, well, we assume that Anna didn't die in the other movie because she just fucks off after the graveyard <laughs> scene. Well, I mean, she doesn't but, even, you know, he didn't really do anything to her to kill her. Right. So in this one, 
Anna for sure dies, and he brings her back to the apartment and dresses her up like the bride that they're going to be together, which which leads to one of the best like crazy breakdown the, yeah. the, of of the whole movie. He I love which I, I actually say superior to the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, I will. I got a good the, laugh. I will give this movie that. Yeah. At the end when. Uh, He's walking down the hallway with her, and all the different girls are showing yes, up. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's the part that I said was I think is superior to the original. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Frank. <laughs> Do you like my nipples, Frank? Shut up. Oh, your hands are so warm. I'm gonna get you back, Frank. She's lying. Please don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. Did you play with dolls as a child? You want to take a bath? No. You want to take a bubble bath? No, I do not. No, no leap. Leap! Oh, Frank, what happened? I knew you were in the locker, you naughty boy. Did you like what you saw, Frank? Don't listen to them. They're lying. Frank, don't bring any other girls home. I get jealous. I'm going to tear you to pieces, Frank. They're lying. This is our home, Anna. Welcome. Welcome. This is where we live now, Anna. No, not you. Get out of here. Do you hear me? Get out! Don't you come near her. She is mine. Do you hear me? Get away! She belongs to me. You will never understand what we feel for one another. Where is she? Where is she? Answer me! Get your hands off of me! Please! And I, I laughed when uh, the, the Rita from the bubble bath, she's like, Do you want to take a bath with me, Frank? Do you want to take a bubble bath? And he's like, No, I do not. The way he says it was so funny to me. I yeah, just, I was like, oh, there's a little moment of levity. Yeah, and then, yeah know, just that, the, him getting ripped like apart. A, that's like insane. a point that uh, well, I was just saying about like that, like old timey horror radio. You know, like yeah, yeah. no, I like would not. The over exaggerated. No, I do not. <laughs> yeah, well, and he's supposed to kind of be old fashioned. They they kind of mm-hmm. reference that in the movie too. So I guess it plays into his character. But uh, yeah, that's a, a cr- incredible scene. And then just the getting ripped apart by them. Yeah, now the so, original when so amazing when Frank gets ripped apart in the original, that's superior because you got practical effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they had a lot of practical in that one too. And yeah, the, I just I just appreciate too. that where they get these, you know, the mannequins were coming alive and talking to him. I really like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That is pretty awesome. Uh, do, do anyone else have any other points or or highlights of the movie that maybe yeah, we missed? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm just curious because Marco Paul was telling me a little bit that that you're a little bit hesitant with remakes. Yeah. So yeah. I am curious your thoughts on this. Um, I they, they did a very good job of preserving the original, like the plot lines, you know, mm-hmm. almost to the T. They didn't change it to the point because what I my major problem is when they do a remake and they change the movie so much that they kind of do their own spin on it. It's not a remake anymore. They just have this title and this likeness of this yeah. movie, you know. Do and you, yeah, do you 
appreciate that more than just someone trying to copy the original. My my school of thought is, and I'll be quite honestly, I don't yeah. even want them to copy the original. I don't gotcha. want them to do a remake at all. Because here's my here's my thing. I have I have a, a my son, and I go, look, here's this movie Maniac, right? And and watch it for what it is and how good and like how we just kind of really praised the movie and how gritty it was and how real it was and and just kind of original at the time versus his version of it now in 2012 he's gonna go dad look at this remake or or maniac I'm like uh, to me it's it's like I have more of a passion of it of the original like look forget that one watch the original because you'll never even need to watch this remake you don't need to when the original is so good. Now sure. there's there's movies out there. Originally, you know the the graphics didn't mat, match up. It was bad acting, whatever. And a remake could do it well, you know, because it's a good story. And to redo something mm. uh, really, really good, uh, I get that. But for me, I have a problem, and it might be a nostalgia thing. And the way I grew up, like you said, with 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 picking, and as a special time of watching movies, I have a hard pr uh, time accepting new studios new actors trying to do something old that worked like why are we making it because you think it didn't work or do you think you just have your version of that to tell if you I, have your version i of that look tell, at it yeah. i look at them like cover songs yeah i don't want to hear a band that i might love today try to mimic the beatles yeah I'd like to hear them try to do their version of the Beatles, you know, if you're going to cover a Beatles song, you know, make it your own. Right, and my my, my kind of uh, attitude towards this, just listen to the Beatles, you know, and and sometimes because because it's a little more um, passionate, it's more raw, it's, it's, it's the original format that it's intended. So, right. I, again, that's just I don't um, let that blind me though. I don't sit there and throw my hands in your arm, you know, arms sure, folded. Sure. I won't watch it. But I have this. I do have a sort of um, well, going there and they're a little bit negative. Sure. Right. My, and, you know, my reason I might say for someone that still does that, not to put words in your mouth, is because sure, sure. Nowadays, you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. They're they're going to happen. Yeah, you know, right. and they've been happening now for twenty years. So yeah. you know, you if you want to watch a horror movie, you know, nowadays you kind of have to watch a remake. I, I agree. Uh, I, I, in, however, it's just one of those things to accept it. Yeah. As much as I defend them, which I do nowadays, uh, I do still get a little hint of really. Right. You know, there's still yeah. like a five to ten percent of my brain that's like, oh, really, are we yeah. doing this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like the uh, you know, a movie that my friend Aaron that I do Whorehound Radio with really put it in my head to like shut up about remakes is Black mm. Christmas. Uh, you know what? I've heard a lot about. That. I have not seen it. The remake. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. The remake. If you watch that movie as a blind. I don't care about the original, which as much as we do, mm -hmm. uh, it's a solid movie, especially for yeah, a 2005 yeah. horror movie. There are okay. parts in that movie that legitimately kind of creep me out. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I like to see that one. my friend put You're that right. in my head, where it's like, ah, just, yeah. just watch it, you know. Well, I'll tell you one thing: I have three movies that are, are that are remakes of of originals that are classics. One's The Blob, Night of Living yep. Dead, yep. and um, but Evasion of the Body Snatchers. Those three remakes well, are amazing. Can you, throw in, can you throw in The Fly? 
Uh, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely, of course. Or, or technically, yeah. the thing, right? Like the thing. <laughs> it kind of goes to something yeah. you just said, though. Where uh, I'm not trying to change your mind, but to me, you kind of just said it. Where it's like maybe it is nostalgia. Mm -hmm. You know, people our age appreciate that movie, those movies, because that's what we grew up with. Right. You know, yeah. The and, thing. And that's a hundred percent it. You know. Yeah, and you know, uh, oh, it's like the the fly, or you know, is the remake what? And I'm right. sorry, right. Did it it's, it, the remake is superior. Uh, exactly. John Carpenter's The Thing is superior. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Not to put down the originals. I love them. Right, right. But that's something I always say is that... And I get that. And like my you know, older generation would actually tell me, no, the original blob and the driving theater scared sure. them more than whatever. My, and dad I, and I, would, my dad would say I'm crazy. Exactly. <laughs> and I recognize that. See, that's the thing. I do recognize that. Like, Paul, you know, we we have this discussion all the time. My first reaction is I, 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 I do an eye roll. They're remade. It's like, sure. here's this thing. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. But I give it a chance and I do go, hey, that was cool. There's some things like even with this movie, even with the Maniac uh, 2012, um, the gimmicky stuff. But it gets to me, like you said, with the with the meat cleaver in the in the mouth. That to me is yeah. is gimmicky, and I don't care. Sure. For, look, I appreciate for what if the movie was a full-on gimmicky kind of movie where it has those funny kills and just fun stuff going on. But mm -hmm. what I have said, I have a, an affinity for the original remake. I love it, and I don't see him doing that in the original therefore that's what gives you the eye rolls they're gonna do it's, that in this one it's you know, interesting it's... that you brought up night of the living dead mm -hmm. because that uh you know obviously i'm not unique in that i attribute the original to almost my love of horror oh sure mm -hmm. sure sure you know the first time i saw that original night of the living dead it opened the floodgates for me yep right yep and as a teenager, when I saw that they remade it in 1990, I was like, what is this bullshit? You know, right. get out of here. <laughs> like, you yeah, can't do yeah. this. And then, you know, and I watched it. That yeah. was before, you know, as horror fans, we dive deep into who made this and what's Absolutely. every little detail behind it. So I watched it and I loved it, but I didn't yeah, want to say I loved it. Yeah, I, I you know, that It was too. like, uh huh? You know, yeah, it's a cool movie, but like Ben's different. <laughs> ben doesn't die in the exactly. original like that. Ben's not a zombie. Right, right, right. right. And then you find out, <laughs> no, like, well, wait a minute, George Romero, you know, financed this movie so we could make some money. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, I love it. Right, right. Well, when it gets that um, seal of approval, we, I tend yeah. to like, like, like the last Halloween movie. When I found John Carpenter was like, cool, do it. Here's the soundtrack, and here's like my blessing. I'm like. Well, this has got to be good, and I love it. And it, and uh, and it wasn't a remake; it was like a continuation. So I like continuation stuff better than I could like a re-envisioning or or something like that. Because you know, like I said, they try to change it way sure. too much. And when they start getting into the gimmicky kills, because they want that aha factor or that, you know, back in the '80s, it used to be when you watch horror movies, it used to be film teenager, you know. Yep. Uh, you know, because I was one of them. I was there. I was, I was at the movie theaters watching every Friday 13th, watching every Freddy movie. Name it. I was in not the movie to, theaters watching shit. Not to stretch this out for too long, but as I keep saying, I'm a comic book fan first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that put a thing in my head of I'm used to multiverse. I'm used to oh, reboots. Yeah. 
I'm used to Reboots. like yeah. there's a new you. continuity. So that's like I defend the new Halloween in 2018, and I right. defend yeah, Rob like Zombie's it. remake because I said, yeah. you know what? Take your pick. Point. Which one do you right. want to? Which one do you want to follow? Right. You know, Halloween yeah, especially is a good as a great example of you have four to five different timelines going on in that franchise. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I th- we've definitely. I, I think the, <laughs> we definitely went off on a tangent on that one. No, no. It's well. I think that that really is a part of this whole thing. We wanted to kind of wrap up on the the remake versus original type of idea with this. Which is what a lot of people come to this pair of movies for. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, hearing you guys talk about it is interesting to me because to over, overall in general, I'm more of a, a new horror fan. I don't have, I don't really have a lot of nostalgia for a ton of things. I think mm. I might have had some like brain injury or something and I forgot all of my past. <laughs> but I, um, I honestly, I love that perspective. <laughs> sure. But, so, so as somebody that doesn't have a ton of nostalgia for a lot of these movies that are being remade, I'm like, yeah, I like that one, and I like this one where I can look at it more objectively. A hundred percent. I think it is. Yeah. I think it's interesting what Jason pointed out about how the ones that you mentioned, Marco, were all kind of from a certain decade where yeah. Yeah. those movies kind of fall into your nostalgia cap, and so and then I'll you be, think and of I'll like, oh, well, the fly it. from yeah. the mm-hmm. 1950s, like that movie sucks ass. That was like right. some old shit that my grandpa used to watch or whatever. So. <laughs> I like that one uh, too. I, know, I, I love the original black and white. The thought. Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying. Just, you know, yes. I hear as, you though. Yeah. As a kid though, you, you probably look at it and go like, "Oh, this, this it shit's took fucking me a minute weak. to get into black and white." Yeah. So. No, I, I, a hundred percent, and I'll be the first to admit it that my right uh, hesitation, a lot of it, is nostalgic value, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and I have that little affinity of like, if you like this, if this looks cool to you in a movie theater, how about watch the original? You don't need to. But again, uh, I'm getting better. I'm getting better at it. Uh, well, but yeah, with, yeah. This new, that, with this new Child's Play movie? No, I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> now, you see, now, I'm know not, I that know when that. I say this, I'm not speaking to anyone on this podcast. I'm speaking okay. to okay. horror fans in general. Go where ahead. it's like, yes. you you have to pick. What do you want? Do you want right. remakes? Do you want sequels? Do you want originality? Because quite frankly, sometimes when amazing original horror movies come out you see horror fans bitch and say well it's not like the movies from my day right right, okay. right well then here's halloween 2018 that's a direct sequel to halloween oh right. how dare they shit on the halloween franchise yeah why'd they you. get rid of number two i love that yeah. movie. you know and it's funny you mentioned that i watched that child's play remake trailer and i thought man that looks all right mm-hmm. it looks like it looks good for a separate movie but to in the child's play because again you know you you have a personal attachment to some of these things like yes. i do like being a fan because i'm a fan I'm not a creator i'm a fan so uh-huh. when i see child's sure, sure. play i have this huge memory of child's play and all the you know movies that come after it and mm-hmm. this, this lore behind it if you're gonna make a movie that's completely different from the original and still call it child's play i think that's a little bit fake and that's why, like, call it something else. You can have a great movie, I, but why are you calling it Child's Play? Yeah. You know? I fall into this, and not to sound like that guy, but <laughs> I always have to say I speak for myself, not for Whorehound. Right, right. Uh, you know, Jennifer Tilly made some Instagram or, you know, social mm-hmm. media post about this trailer saying, not my Chucky. Right, mm-hmm. I hear you. I didn't it's like, even, Jennifer, yeah. Jennifer Tilly, you were in the two worst Chucky movies. 
Like, Thank you. Like, seed of Chucky sucks, all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it's it's it. fun, but it sucks, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was a uh, fun movie, but it's not a good child's yeah. play entry. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, so that's not maybe, the ones I go to. Yeah, like, you know, and that's where I have to pull myself back sometimes because it is like... I know. Because yeah. again, because again, like the 10% of my brain still does say like, oh, a remake. But then I have to yeah. think about the other entries in the franchise. Like, well, it's not like it's been flawless. Yeah, right. Right. Anyway. I just, that's yeah, why I no. like continuation stories. But yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I think there's a, a very vast spectrum of of remake reboot reimagining continuation like that's it's kind of just all over the place of what people mm -hmm. do with any of these things i think the number one thing is regardless of whether there's heart in the project or not is everyone that's using one of these names is because either a they want to draw the attention or b they don't want to get called a ripoff of it like if they came out with some kind of killer doll movie yep and exactly. whatever then people are gonna be like oh you're just ripping off Chucky. it's not as good as so, child's play Right, so right. It's, it's it's like a lose-lose situation. It is a lose-lose. You know too, what? So. It is yeah. a lose-lose. They do child's play because they don't have to market that much. They already have yeah. an established franchise. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think it's it's really it's all subjective as far as like it what, is. Oh, I think there's room absolutely. for it. You know? And yeah. you know, it, I you, um, I get defensive because to me, there's been a lot of great modern horror movies. Oh yeah, that's that's what we're kind of all about on here is hereditary about the modern stuff. Hereditary blew my mind on how much I loved it, and Listen like to the that. witch. <laughs> uh oh, I loved hereditary. That's my favorite movie of last year. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like it. It's <laughs> just not my type. It's not my type yeah. of movie. Not right, right. even a debate for me, honestly. And I, I said it on Horrorhound Radio. Like that was my number one all-time favorite of 2018, and yeah. number two was a far number two for me. But yeah, and I, I totally get it. It's, my it's point just is, one of those things. It, yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna. If you know, if you liked it, or if you didn't like, it, that's up to you. But it's yes. the people mm -hmm. that watch it and said like, "Oh, that's not really horror," you know. Right. It's, that, right. it's like I hate that elitist mindset of that. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm always respectful yep. of stuff that I can acknowledge is is good that just isn't my type of movie. Absolutely. That's not yeah. my. I'm not like. I say I'm that about asshole. I say that about like David Lynch. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's an amazing filmmaker and all that. He's just not my cup of tea. Right. 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 Uh, I don't think we ever really gave our official final yeah, thoughts we on the movie went here. Off, so. Off, 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 <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll give my final thought quick here is just that, um, I do love this one, but not as much as the original one. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if you just look at it objectively as its own movie and like when I didn't know that it was contained to uh, being a remake of something, I think that it has really great highlights and it has some, some pretty like slow moments in it that tend to drag. And maybe it's because... That they're developing a relationship through his like stalker staring directly into her face all the time pov type of situation right. where it feels weird to me and kind of slow but then you get great highs in it as well so it's it's something that i love it i i'm i'm glad to like watch it again sometime or, or mm -hmm. anything like that it's just i don't like it as much as the first one yeah Fair ahead, enough. I mean, uh, I would say uh, I liked it. You know, wouldn't okay. put it in the loved it category. If I'm not comparing mm -hmm. it to the first or the original, I would still say it's a modern horror movie that's worth checking out. Yes. Uh, 
Paul, I think you made a great point. You saw it before the original, so I think that says it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked it with a lot of butts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. Same with me. I, I'm in that like category. The the only thing that's like I said when you when how much I was in I was invested into like the original and like I said the atmosphere and everything, um, was what sold it for me as a love. I love that movie. This one got a little gimmicky for me. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't mind the pacing mm-hmm. too much. I kind of liked the whole. I love the fact that they they did stick to the original concept of the abuse. And the murdering, and exactly almost almost to the T, mirrored the original and stuff. So I like that they didn't go off script that far. Um, besides location, but who cares? Location is location. So mm-hmm. in a sense, I, absolutely, I would watch this again. And I think this is a little bit more fun first date movie than the original one would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so you could trick him into saying it's Elijah Wood. Yeah, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's a, like I said, a little bit more fun. With some of the yes. kills in it, uh, in a in a sense, like oh, that's like over the top, kind of funny, uh, yep. but still violent. At the same time, it's not that real deranged choking someone out for three minutes. Right. Uh, what can really be disturbing, which which is cool too, but it has its place. So yeah, um, I would recommend it, of course. Uh, like I said, uh, it this remake doesn't bug me at all. I like it for a standalone. If I have never even mm-hmm. seen the original, I probably like this is a great movie. You know, it wouldn't be in my top ten, but still be like, mm-hmm. wow, this is cool. And just because of that psychological thing, you have to theory craft the ending. Sure, yeah. I love those kind of stuff. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Does anyone else think that he was just getting worse and worse headaches and crazier from fucking spraying all that bug spray around? Oh like, my right God. in his face all the time. <laughs> no, that's I'm like, man, that can't be good fast. for you, huffing all that bug spray. Now yeah, that you mention it, yes. I love that. I love <laughs> oh, the Yeah, that made they, it they that, that added bugs. that almost a level of dark. Yes, and again, yeah. that, that realism of like, oh, it must really stink in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, absolutely. I, that's it must smell like, mean. like, it probably smells yeah. like Joe Spinell in there. <laughs> I know, right? Like, did he rent Joe Spinell's room? <laughs> he still smells like him. I love that, that, that added element yeah. of sense, you know? <laughs> like, the first one you can almost smell, and then this one is like, yeah, okay, I get it. I, that's yeah. what... To me, I, I sometimes movies miss the mark when they don't add the character that that element of of, of just grit and smell yeah. to the actors' mm-hmm. feeling that portrays it to us as viewers. You know, they just oh, like yeah, walk yeah. Their bodies and they don't react to it. It's like what? It must stink. So right, cool. All right, well, this was a lot of fun, and oh. I'm I'm glad that uh, we got to have you come on here for your first time ever on Skype. Yeah. Oh, I had an absolute blast. Yeah. This was honestly great. <laughs> nice. Well, now that we got that figured out, we'll have to have you come back again sometime. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. I love the idea Perfect. of picking a theme like this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun to kind of come up with these, and I like to try and incorporate the the guest that is going to be on if we have somebody and, and make it a little bit more personal for them if possible. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, this was, was, a, was a good a good kind of uh, pairing that I think I had heard you mention it. You know, it's it's weird because I have listened to you on shows for like all these years, and so I know all the stuff about you that I feel like I'm I'm the Frank <laughs> Zito of this relationship. So. <laughs> no, I'm like, yeah, so your favorite color is this, and like, 
Anytime. I would love to come back. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, so in, in the meantime, if you have anything you want to plug or just let people know where they can keep up with you in the podcast or anything. Uh, well, I mean, there has been a little gap in Whorehound Radio, uh, but trust me, we are still alive and kicking. Uh, this comes back. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we, we have a magazine coming out. We are, it gotten delayed. There's a lot of magazine deadlines. And we, we do have the convention coming out this week. I don't know when this episode will go up. But, uh, uh, probably just after the convention. I no, think. that's fine. So. They do them multiple times a year. They're fine. Yeah. yeah. Check out Whorehound everything. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Perfect. And then obviously for us, you know where to find the show if you are listening to this. But if you are on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you want to call it, if you get a chance and leave us a rating or a, a brief review, it does help us to move up in the uh, however the However, the algorithms work to bump people up it is. and just get a few more people listening to us. It's, it, it is funny, the difference there, because I always just say, please write us and tell us what you want me to talk about. <laughs> yeah, like, if you want to write us. Of, we're out of ideas, please. Yes. <laughs> if you want to write us, that's fine, too. If you want to send an old-fashioned letter, just uh, send me a DM and I'll give you my address. I prefer right. it to be written with a feather. <laughs> I'll a know. We'll want to scroll. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, perfect. Uh, thanks again, Jason. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. See everyone on the next show. Thanks for listening, and have a good night. Later. You play girls like a man, but your eyes are like a child. Your face is cool and calm, but your hair is wrapped and wild. You hide behind your metaphors and pray that no one sees. The fear behind your poker face, your dark and twisted needs. The girls all think you love them, but they make you feel sick You smile and whisper in their ear, but drop them just as quick The bottles round the back all contain the hearts of lovers Lipstick stains on the pillow and lies under the covers Let me in, let me out, let me in, let me out Is an angel by the devil's beneath. You smile.